Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Welcome, welcome everyone again. Today we have a super special guest, Sarah Horton. We're going to share a link to her website, um, RaisingOcean.com, and she just feels immediately like this loving, caring, fabulous mama in the world, which we all need more of, right? So welcome. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, I actually can't quite remember how we connected this happens to me a lot like I'm on the spot I'm like how did we connect I think it was in a Facebook group and yeah um yeah and she offered to be a part of this podcast experience and I went to her website and I was like yes please how fabulous so Sarah's here today and one of the things that really stuck out for me when I went to her um she shared a link to a blog post she'd written and we'll share that link directly too because people might want to go right to that Um, a link about her um, abortion experience. And I read the whole thing and it was so beautiful and so, um, so supportive for other people who have been through similar things. And um, one of the things that stuck out for me was you talking about making that decision, right? Like making that decision and your partner being a part of it, but like just, it's such a powerful thing to do in at all. And then also in a couple, there's like a whole different dynamic to it, I think. Yeah, it was, it was interesting versus like making the decision has like a married woman versus being single. It was different. Yeah. So that stuck out to me and I wrote a little blog post about it that I will read. Sarah hasn't heard it yet. And honestly, like I haven't read it in, a while maybe a week or more so we'll see what happens (laughs) um so I'll just start reading if that's okay with you yes all right so one could argue that we're never alone when we make decisions in our lives we're influenced by the voices of family friends peers media god and more at any given moment we can seek support and guidance as we navigate the many choices of our lives Some decisions come easy. They're led by intuition, principle, logic. Others come with strife. For many, the choice to abort is conflicted. Even when we know it's in the best interest of everyone involved, there are layers of story woven into our decision. Some of the factors at play are obvious. Others are quieter and can sneak up on us without suspect. I've made a lot of decisions in my 40 years. Many of those have been made with my husband, but none was as weighted as my decision to abort. I knew what I had to do was for me, but I also knew that the baby I held wasn't only mine. Among others, she had a connection to her father and to her siblings. Um, In the belief system I carried, she chose to come here, and it didn't feel clear to me at the beginning why, but she was here nonetheless, and my decision was a powerful one for her and for all of us. 
So not only, or not all women tell the father of their pregnancy. In Sarah and I's case, we did. Um, but in our case, in my case, it was a decision we both weighed in on. My husband and I both had a say in the matter, had a voice in the conversation. And ultimately, it was my body and my choice, but the consequences would have ripple effects that I did not take lightly. There were times when I wanted someone else to decide. I wanted so badly to pass the torch and stand in anyone's shoes but my own. It wasn't the decision that scared me, it was the unknown. Like, what if I made a decision I'd regret? What if it broke me down? What if I was missing something? I wasn't seeing something or listening to something. And I kept telling myself, this is my decision, I have to decide. And immediately I'd hear my brain reply, but I don't want to. And that's something that comes up for me a lot in my life, but I don't want to. <laughs> and along the way, I learned that I can do hard things. I figured out that no matter what the consequences of my decision were, I could choose to believe I was strong enough and smart enough to handle them. Or I could accept defeat and choose to be a victim of my life. Strong and smart felt a whole lot better to me, and strong and smart are what led me here. So we all get to believe whatever we want to believe at any moment in our lives. Our entire worlds are comprised of all the stories we tell ourselves. For far too many years, women have been telling themselves that they need help making decisions. And the result of, the, of that is that we don't take ownership of the consequences of those decisions. Without the ownership, we give away our confidence. I knew that regardless of how much I respected and loved the people around me, the only way I was going to get through and heal after an abortion was if I decided that no matter what, I was fully responsible for my decision. And that's what I had to share. <laughs> oh, I like that. So did any of that like resonate for you? Like having been in a fairly similar situation in a relationship with a child, um, like pieces of that, I feel like other women can probably relate to. Yeah, it was when we found out I was pregnant, I was just like, oh no, <laughs> because I... I knew I didn't want any other children, but then it was like, it wasn't just my baby. It was going to be Ocean's sibling and Zach's child. And that was really difficult because it's like, you know, people always say like one child, you know, they might grow up spoiled or whatever. And so I felt like I might be taking away something from Ocean's life, which was a really suckish feeling. Yeah. So that was hard, but then Zach was, he was very supportive. He grew up like really feminist. So like, of course, his first course of action was like, no, like it's your decision, like whatever right. you want. Yeah. So I remember, hard. and I'll probably do another podcast and talk more about this, but um, my now I'm having trouble remembering. My daughter was, let's see, she was 13 or almost 13 at the time, my oldest. And um, 
I remember her coming into my room and I was in bed. It was like really maybe the day of or the next day. Uh, and she, she said to me, she asked me what was happening. And I said, I was pregnant and now I'm not. And I didn't really clarify with her any more details than that. And I let her, I figured I'd let her lead the conversation. I wasn't going to keep anything from her. And the next day she came back into my room and she said, that must've been a really hard decision for you to make. Oh, it was like, I just like, wow, I lost it. Like I'm kind of losing it right now, but it was such a powerful moment for me, for her as a kid to, and I still don't know how she knew, um, but for her as a kid to put all those pieces together and just love me and also for me to be able to show her that like, it's not easy, but it's part of being a woman sometimes, right? For some of us, that's what it looks like. And when I wrote a, um, I don't know if you've read it, but I wrote a, like a little article for Mothering Magazine. I have not read it yet. I'll send you a link at some point. And someone commented and said, what are you going to do when, you, when your kids find out you killed their sibling? And I was like, actually, I've already had that conversation. It was beautiful. <laughs> but it was that, it, like, there's so much charged energy around that. And it's all, like, stories we tell ourselves as adults. Like, the kids accept it. <laughs> like, the kids are okay with it. It's us who mess it up, right? It's us who make it ugly or complicated or whatever. <laughs> like, Ocean's gonna be fine. Like my kids are fine. Like they are adaptable and flexible and they're just learning and loving. Like they don't have all the stories we have. Exactly. And I looked at it as like, I was going through this experience and it was like emotional one and it happened four months ago. And now like, I am so happy, but I look at it with Ocean has like, as a parent, we just want more experiences to share. And gone, having gone through an abortion, if Ocean's ever faced with that decision, like I can be there fully on the knowledge of like what happens to support her if she ever has to make such a tough decision. And that makes me really happy. Yeah, it's such a gift to like be really open and honest with our kids about stuff like this. Because the truth, truth is like, so many of us as adults are still confused and like frustrated and overwhelmed by life because we, we were protected and we were guarded and we were kept safe or told stories. And it's like that just openness can go so far, so far. Exactly. Um, yeah. So let's go back to your husband and making that decision together your partner and um did you like did you feel that at all that I was talking about where you knew that like I knew I had to own the decision because if I let him influence it too much in either way which he was very much sounds like your partner like this is your decision. You do what you need to do. 
but he still had, you know, he shared his opinions with me, but I knew that if I like leaned into his thoughts too much, I could then regret it later and be like, I did that because he said this, right? And I was really cautious to not go there. <laughs> like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it was, and it was hard because Zach had always wanted another child. Okay, so that yeah, it's another layer, right? Exactly, and I just like, I only saw myself having Ocean when we once we had her, and then it was just like having this choice, like Zach wanted more kids, but like. I really, really felt really strongly that I did not want any more children. So it was just like, he wants children, but like, I don't. Like, what do I do? I feel so selfish. But at the end of the day, it was like truly my decision. Like, I was the one carrying the child. And then for like, you know, like the first year after while you're breastfeeding, that's like a huge responsibility on you. Yeah. So it was just like really separating the decisions. But Zach was really good at once I got pregnant. He was like, even though I like I want another kid, like this is totally your call completely. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it interesting? Like we feel selfish when we make these decisions that aren't like for a medical reason or like a, you know, an, an abusive situation or so many things that like society has fed us. Like it's okay if, <laughs> insert yeah. if, right? So there's this feeling of selfish that I know a lot of women have, and I had it too, and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, but the really interesting part is, had we, like, had you, this is my perspective anyway, had you thought to yourself, I know he wants another baby, I'm going to do this for him, and then you really like felt the weight of that and suffered the consequence of fault not following your heart in the long run it would have been harder on him yeah but it's a lot of resentment yeah but in that short-term decision you're like oh I could do this for him but like really what you did was for him because it was for you <laughs> it was for the child that you guys already had together and um it can just get so muddled when we're making decisions like that because there's this like almost disconnect between like the short term and the long term. And what does this really mean? Like, am I being selfish or am I really like protecting and like honoring the greater picture here and like the highest good of everyone involved, not just this one moment where I have to decide something? Exactly. And it's so hard because I feel like you're also running on limited time based on like what oh. method of abortion you choose. Oh my God. So true. So it's really hard to like think about the bigger picture when it's like you have all these things that say, oh, you have to go less than 10 weeks if you want the pill or yeah. 19 weeks. And then based on your state restrictions, which are absolutely observed, it was crazy. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that like, I think that a lot of the, a lot of what we overlook in um, abortion care is how quickly we have to make that decision and how like almost chaotic and rushed it is. And mm -hmm. because of that, like, we don't hold much space for healing. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of processing time. Exactly. 
and then the care act like I don't know about you but for me I had I actually oh I do know because I read your story and yours was in Planned Parenthood right exactly Mm -hmm. mine was in my OB office and they were so amazing and so supportive and so incredible for like the unplanned pregnancy and the procedure itself and like all of my physical care and checking in with me. But afterwards it was like, they had to move on to the next woman and I was hanging there like, well, now what do I do? Like, this is crazy. And so there's this really like, like you said, like there's not a lot of time and it's very rushed and it's very chaotic. And if we don't really take intentional time to process it, we can feel the effects of that for like the rest of our life. Yeah. You really have to take time to heal. And it's like, you know, no one talks about having an abortion. Like you don't hear, you think it's so uncommon, but once I had the abortion and then I uploaded the blog post about it, so many people were like, even some of my friends are like, oh yeah, I had an abortion. And I was just like, what? Like so many women have had an abortion and that's just, it makes you feel isolated when you're going through it because you don't know. So true. I remember thinking if I keep this pregnancy, everyone will feel bad for me and they will help me. And if I choose an abortion, they might hate me and abandon me. And it was like the weirdest, like most complicated thing because of what you're saying. Like I wasn't having conversations with women I knew about abortion until I had my own. And so I had no idea how they were going to react. Like none. Exactly. And it really just, it is such an emotional roller coaster. And that like, for me, this podcast is just keep opening the conversation and talking about it and sharing little bits of people's stories because we, there's not a lot of places to go to get that help. And like, if you have an unplanned pregnancy and you carry it to term, you have the next seven, nine, however many months from when you find out to process that, like to get exactly to like, and everybody's there, like kind of walking you through it and holding your hand. And if you choose abortion, it's like, figure out where to get it, figure out how to pay for it, figure out who to tell or not to tell. And then nothing. (laughs) It's like, exactly. it's so isolating and it makes you feel like and and even like going to um Planned Parenthood it was like when we were paying for the abortion because I had I opted for the surgical abortion Mm -hmm. they were just like oh we don't process your insurance like that's up for you to take through your receipt to your insurance and I was just like wow like I couldn't imagine like someone who wasn't in the financial position to do that like that is insane It's so that in like the abortion support groups I'm in and like stories I read, the hardest thing for me is to see like, I mean, there's so many hard things, but one of the hardest things is to see how complicated like the financial piece makes it. Like people want abortions and can't, they even know where to get them and have access, but they can't afford them. And then that's so hard, which is like, you can 
if you don't have the money right up front, then you follow through with the pregnancy. But the price difference in having a baby and having an abortion is just so illogical. Like mm-hmm. our system sets people up for such, it's just not good. It's just not good. It breaks my heart. Like um, as I do this work, I am excited to be able to give more and more money to abortion funding because that is just that people have to go through this emotional and mental and physical landscape. And then they have to deal with the financial part of it. It's like heartbreaking. It is really, it's horrible how we like set the system up. It's like, you can either pay like 600 or $800 now, but if you can't afford that, then you pay like God knows how much later, like 8,000, 9,000. That's just like, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's really, really is crazy. And like in my case and in many, many, many women's cases, like there were, like I was on birth control and I got pregnant. Like it's, it's just like, and it doesn't really matter what your story was or how you got pregnant or if, you know, what the situation was, but it's like, you have that moment where you're like, I'm following all the rules. What happened? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then it's just like, you followed all the rules and then like now it's still your burden to bear even though there was like two of you in the making exactly yeah so wild do you feel like you have anything you want to say or share about your experience that someone listening needs to hear like sometimes there's just this thing where you're like i feel like i'm supposed to say this I was doing a lot of research leading up to the abortion and just like going on google and like typing it everything i could because you know, the different options um, for like the pill and then surgical. And I felt like it was just like all about how the pill is so easy. And then like the surgical one was so hard. So I went in wanting to get the pill because it was, you know, seemed to be like the most like logical, non-painful. But then when I was talking to the educator at Planned Parenthood, like going over the list Mm -hmm. and I think the world like surgical abortion really scares people because Mm -hmm. it sounds so intimidating um but it's really really not and so I had the surgical abortion over the pill because you can have it in office and it's like a done deal like there's nothing to worry about versus the pill you have to go back and you had a good experience I loved it like I okay so I think the procedure lasted 10 minutes um and there was no vacuum sound, which sounds strange because I always assumed there was going to be like this really loud vacuum sound because mm-hmm. that's what you hear. Like you're yeah, vacuuming I feel like out. I've heard that sto- I had, a, I used the pill. So I feel like I've heard that story before too. Exactly. So you expect like this really loud vacuum noise. So here I am just like waiting, waiting, waiting. And they're like, oh, it's over. And I was like, what? There was no vacuuming. And it really is so supportive. I had, I think, four nurses in the room with me, or three nurses and a doctor, and the emotional support of all those mm-hmm. women in the room was just so incredible because it was really emotional, and I cried during the whole experience, yeah. not out of pain, but just because yeah. it was just, like, so emotional, and to be surrounded by people when that happened, I think, was so much better for me than doing it, you know, alone versus what people think, like, some people who assume like the pill is easier, I would really encourage people to weigh in on their Mm. options. Yeah. That's really good perspective. I, um, I had a home birth and I planned a home birth with my first and, 
ended up having one with my last, I have three kids. Um, and for me, this felt like a similar situation. Like I just wanted to be home. Like I wanted, exactly. like for me that I chose the pill because I wanted to be home. Um, so, but that is so good to hear your experience and just to remind people like there's one way isn't better than another way. It's like, what do you want? What feels good for you? Do you have support? Do you want support? Like all the things is, I guess the biggest lesson is like, don't listen to the scary stories online. Exactly. <laughs> Please do not listen to the scary stories. And like, you're not alone. Like one in four American women have an abortion by the time they're 45. That's amazing. And you are not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember Googling things like that in my car between appointments being like, am I the only mother who's needs to get an abortion or wants to get an abortion? Like all these things that I just like didn't really know until I was in the shoes. I was like, oh my goodness, I am so not the only mother. I am so not the only woman. I am so not the only 40 year old or whatever. Like late 30 it was just crazy it was such a wild experience exactly and it just like it really is you feel so isolated and everyone tells you different stories or, like you can't get an abortion unless like you've been sexually assaulted or something bad happened but it's like when you're like a mother you have children you have a stable environment and you have a husband it's like you think you need to validate the decision to have an abortion but that decision just comes from anything like having an abortion does not have to be a reason that's so big it can just be like yeah. because you don't want to have a child and that's valid yeah that is enough you whatever you want is enough exactly you don't need a big reason if you just don't want a child then that's like that's good enough reason to have an abortion by itself yeah was it your story I was reading that your that you wanted or thought your partner would be able to go in with you and he he wasn't able to or was that yes yeah I think that's so interesting and if anyone listening has a experience in a clinic where their partner was able to come in with them I'd love to chat with you because that that's really I mean I get that it's a surgical room um but it seems like making a shift somehow so that our partners could be with us would be really powerful yeah, because it was very, like, because they, for Planned Parenthood, how they did it was, like, they went, you went back for your blood, and then you went back out to the waiting room, and then you went back for the ultrasound, because in Ohio, you have to have an ultrasound, and then you have to come out, so there was, like, all these different stages, and I had to, when I was getting the ultrasound done, they were, like, do you want to view the screen, and I was, like, yeah, because I wanted to, I just wanted to see, and I've done this before, so I knew what, like, was going to be on that monitor, yeah. and it was just, like, a dot and it just made me feel so much better because I was like that's not a baby that's just cells and this is okay yeah yeah but the fact that Zach couldn't view that was just like that yeah. it felt it made me feel like I was the only one and that's not how babies are made yeah yeah that's that's some interesting work I would love to learn more about um yeah and just because you and I have gone through it like it's just like childbirth or anything in life. Like we went through it our way and there's uh, as many different ways out there as there are women. <laughs> like everyone's exactly. experience is so different. So yeah, I just feel like the more range of, um, of stories and of experiences that we can get out into the world, like 
the more hope that women can start to feel less alone and and really and I, I just love your story because it reminds me of my own in which we it really was essentially a lifestyle choice it's like this is not something I want I'm looking for a different life for my living children in my case it was multiple children in your case it was one like I want something else for us and this isn't in the picture and um I just want to thank you for coming on and having this conversation of course. Thank you for having me. I think this is so important. I'm so glad to be continuing the conversation just as much as possible. Yeah. And we'll link over to your blog post. And um, is it okay if women, I mean, of course, women are always welcome to reach out to me. I hope that's been made very clear um, and continues to be made clear as we move forward. But is it okay if women reach out to you too? Oh, definitely. I actually have a link, I'm pretty sure, at the bottom of that blog post where a woman can either submit their own stories or we have a form where they can also get a abortion support package from us that's just like, you know, like details on what happens and if they need any help, who they can reach out to. Such a great resource. Thank you for sharing that with the world. Of course. I'm so happy to do it. All right. You have an awesome day and Give some kisses to that beautiful girl of yours. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.